Hello. Welcome to Upstate Unconventional. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate, Upstate Unconventional Un with your hosts. Nico. And Rosé. 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 But in this episode, you can call me Sergeant. The Sergeant. That's how the guest refers to you. And I like it. She likes it. She's one of those dominatrix types. I'm a dom, so <laughs> to be called Sergeant just really, you know, puts me in the... It boosts your ego. Boosts, and boosts, boosts a lot. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a fun episode here, folks. We've got uh, Yarl Bubba Ray coming on, and he, uh, unfortunately, Rosie couldn't be on the interview, but uh, she's listened to the episode, and, and he's got some wild paranormal experience. Wow. Bigfoot, maybe demons. I don't know. And he leaves it on a cliffhanger. So listen to the end because he's definitely coming on for a part two. I can't wait. I'm going to be on that show. Oh, yeah, you will. Mm -hmm. You will. But a uh, little housekeeping. We've had a lot of good stuff happen in our life in the last, you know, couple weeks. We yeah. got some, some big news, you know, something that's been uh, plaguing us for the last two years, kind of. Mm -hmm came to an end and it's all is well in the universe with that so it's 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 relieving you know what i mean it's like a big it is stress relief it's a sigh um, of relief mm -hmm. and um we're going to do a show on it soon just yeah. i think it'll be good you know yeah, just to kind of let everyone just... know what we've been going through and you know what, what we've been dealing with and maybe it'll help somebody too out there you know mm -hmm. but yeah. But we're not going to get too deep into We're not going to talk about it right now because no. we have bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. What else? We have a YouTube channel now, folks. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. I started up a YouTube channel. I put a couple of the um, older interviews. I'm going to start putting them out a little more. Uh, we only have like five subscribers, and that's a little disheartening. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I look at the numbers for how many people listen to the show, and... Like, it it doesn't make sense. Have you promoted it? Not really. Oh, but like, okay. Well, I mean, I put it on my story. It's on the link tree now. But like, this is just a little thing. For, and we're gonna this put. Is good. This is the first time you're talking about. Yeah. It. So we started a YouTube channel, and we're gonna put other content on there as well. As soon as we start making, you know, what I mean, I'm gonna do more rock type stuff, crystal things, uh, metaphysical stuff. Kind of, maybe just like you know, their little day trips. Yeah, like. Blogs. Uh, blogs things like that um and and like i said we'll put some of the interviews do some of your cooking videos too on there definitely definitely but it's just it's going to be like a, a mod pod a conglomeration <laughs> of all the stuff that we do and like just fun stuff you know different different content than what's on like you uh instagram things like mm -hmm. that and yeah It'll be fun. So go check out our YouTube channel. I'm going to slowly, I'm still trying to figure out how to edit videos. So it's, it's a process, but uh, go subscribe to that. Give us some uh, listen hours because that's how that works on YouTube. Mm. Um, the other thing too, that I want to say is please leave us five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. The, the platform we use anchor tells us how many, you know like listeners we have through 
specifically like Spotify, right? And it, there's like 200 and some like followers of our show on Spotify. And there's like 13 five-star reviews. So that means like two, over 200 people are following the show on Spotify, but only 13 or 14 people could take the two seconds to click five stars. So if you could go ahead and just click five stars on Spotify, just be nice and five stars on Apple. If you like the show and, and leave us a message because we, we're going to start reading some. Oh, we love comments. Right. So please leave comments and make um, them funny. Make them funny. Leave, obviously leave this five-star review then leave the comment and i want i definitely want to start reading mm -hmm. comments in the beginning of the show yeah because we've gotten some good reviews just nice reviews and stuff but i want to hear some like obnoxious funny reviews yeah. from people that would yeah. be that'd be cool but it just helps the show grow you know we don't make money off of this show and no it's a but uh, it's passion a passion project. project yeah like we just we get more listeners every week, but I just want it to grow bigger. And I want to hear more people's experiences and stories and all that good stuff. And it doesn't just have to be paranormal. We love hearing paranormal stuff, but anything, crazy life experiences, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have, we have some authors coming on soon. If you've got a book or you got something that you want to share. Anything unconventional and anything life, uh, anything odd anything you want to talk about like we are open to talking about it all because mm -hmm. we just find life things fascinating yeah and like we had a guest on like last week the episode's not out yet she had some crazy like paranormal experiences yes. through meditation and then we ended up talking about like gardening and different forms of gar so like anything you know like we're i want to hear hear it all if you you're know? an artist artist yep again reiterating you do not have to have a paranormal experience at all if you're an artist musician whatever it is if you just like nature you know mm -hmm. if you're just interested in certain topics that we talk about and you want to be on the show yeah definitely have, let's have a q and a q and a but uh before we wing wang too much let's get to this episode bubba's got some awesome stories i know you guys are gonna love this bubba mm-hmm so we love Bubba. We love Bubba. So enjoy the episode and uh, we'll see you on the next one. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight I got a very special guest. He is a listener of the show and I found, I actually met him through a mutual podcaster. Matt from The Great Deception. I met him on Matt's uh, Patreon meetup. And uh, just a shout out to Matt. If you're not on his Patreon, you got to join. Have some really cool like-minded people that get together once a month and just have good conversation. But met this fine gentleman on there, Yarl Bubba Ray. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Doing great. So awesome. you're up in Canada, right? At present, Yes. <laughs> Just, just for the listeners, what's the general climate? Yeah, bit cold. Mm -hmm. Generally, always cold. Even summers, more like a a, a warm spring. Mm -hmm. yeah. Trying to grow a garden, it, you've got to be on it, you know, because you only get just very few short months, and you're cold again. Everything freezes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before the show, and you were saying 
the ultimate plan is to get back down to the United States because you're from Missouri originally. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll save that for another episode. The the whole <laughs> sounds good plan, but yeah, dude. Um, is it as draconian up there in Canada as as we're hearing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I try to stay out of the 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 show as much as I can. Like we we don't really watch you know the, the news much or anything, mm-hmm. but things are things are kind of calm right now. But the previous since 2020, I mean, just six months ago, everything started calming down. Um, if you go into the medical places, it's still mandatory mask and social distancing and da 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 da, which is hard, right? Because you go to there, they have 20 seats and 30 people. How do you social distance? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the, the past two and a half years have been insane, it's been bad. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I feel for you there. We just about, I want to say a month ago, maybe two months ago, they lifted the mask mandate for medical offices and stuff in in our town, in our area, which, I mean, it's insane because like a year ago, there was none. You know, they had them and then they took them away and then they brought them back and it's like, oh, wow. So my, my oldest one had to go to the doctor the other day just to checkup and whatnot but he didn't have to wear a mask and it was like all right finally i think we're getting back to some normalcy but right. uh yeah but uh you had messaged me and uh you said you had some paranormal experiences so i want to je- definitely jump into some of those um sweet i've got that's man we could we we could talk a while i've got the paranormal some some haunting experiences but like <clears throat> i've never my house has never been haunted right mm-hmm. so like go other places and like oh i wonder if anything will happen like oh time to get out of here um and then bigfoot experiences i've got three experiences like two visual encounters and then an encounter it could have been a dude in a suit but we were camping so we'll get into that one um and then I had an encounter, well, not an encounter, but an experience with my wife, Jen, up here in Canada a few years ago mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, I, we, we've talked for a while about Bigfoot. <laughs> dude, I can't wait. So just to jump right into it, you said it might have been a dude in a suit. And me personally, I don't buy that because where I grew up and even this area that I'm in now, if you're running around in the woods in a suit, that's a good way to get shot. Yeah, you know? man. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great, unless, you know, you're playing a prank on someone, but even then, man, like, unless everyone's in on it, it you is. just, you don't fuck around with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, man, that's you fight or flight. I'm more of the fight kind of person. I tell everybody like, Hey, I'm going to scare you sometimes, but know that if you scare me, I'm probably going to swing at you, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, yeah, you, yeah, when someone come, if someone had done this to us, it would have been a totally different story. But there's one key factor in this story that was not human. Let's hear so, it. So, all right. So this is actually my second experience mm-hmm. in Colorado. I was with my first wife at the time, and we were just dating. Um, so I was 22, and I'm 43 now. 
um, her friend and her friend's brother came out to go camping with us. And I think he came because he didn't know who I was and he wanted to make sure the girls were okay. I respect that. Um, but they went, they got there late. They weren't going to come, but they slept in his car and Aurora and I slept in a two person tent, a little pup tent. Right. And I'm, I'm five eleven, So I basically take up the full length of the tent. Um, we're laying there talking and I start dozing off. It's late. And I'm listening off in the distance and I hear footsteps and mind you, we're on open range and I'm like, okay, it's cows. And I'm like, they're moving real funny. The, the way they're moving, they, you would hear like three or four steps and then it would stop. And then over here, you'd hear three or four steps and it would stop. And then you'd hear this one. And this happened for like 15 minutes. And we heard them coming from quite a ways. And I'm like, yeah, what? It's, it's cattle. It's open range. Big fucking deal. Um, so we're laying there and I start floating away, right? I'm starting to go to sleep. And all of a sudden she grabs me and she says, Bubba, did you hear that? And I was like, I've been hearing it. And she's like, but it's really close. I was like, I know it, it, it's cattle. It's okay. It's open range. And, um, and really at this point, I never really had a thought that it was Bigfoot, right? It, that's not, it, I was still pretty young. Uh, I, I didn't really think I, you could have an experience. Um, and we're laying there and I start to zone off again and I hear and like the car shocks or the springs were adjusting a little bit. And I was like, what was that? And Aurora said that, I think that's the car rocking. And I was like, oh, it's probably Chris, uh, Jenna's brother. He, he was a big dude. And I was like, he's probably trying to get comfortable as a little car. And uh, then we see, so our tent's here, the car's here, and the moon is kind of at this angle, right? It's coming in by my feet at the tent. And we see a shadow just break out of the the tree shadow around the front of the car. And this, it was huge, dude, massive, the shoulders. And mind you, I was laying down. So it looked even bigger, right? But it had to have been eight foot and it leans down and these shoulders and this chest and it pushes on the front of the car. And you can see the car bend all the way down, touch the ground and then it let it come up and then it did it again. And I was like, that's not a fucking cow. <laughs> um and at that point i'm still like that was a bear a bear snuck into camp you know and i'm she's like what was that and i'm like it was a bear just be quiet just be calm it's probably going to smell around you it's going to leave we don't have any food here and uh it didn't leave <laughs> while we're laying there it walks around by my feet at the base of the tent and it crouches down in front of the tent and the whole entire crouched down silhouette of it took up the entire end of the tent. It was huge. Right. And I swear it like looked at the tent. Couldn't really, because it's a silhouette. You can't really tell, but I think it turned and looked at the tent and then it walked forward, crouched down and it caught the down guy off the tarp over the tent. And it tripped and it pulled that thing down. It came completely off. And I was like, oh, interesting. So now we have better airflow, right? 
I start I start passing out again because I think it's, it's like 1 30 in the morning we didn't I didn't have a cell phone at this point so I can't be like oh it's, um and we're laying there and it disappears and you hear the footsteps go away and I think that one I don't know like I watch a lot of documentaries and they say some things that make sense about how the Bigfoot they'll, they'll work as a set two or three of them will go out one or two will be a distraction and the other one will do the up close encounter thing. And it kept walking, it disappears and you can hear the footsteps go off. And I'm like, okay, we're all done. We're going to go to sleep. Right. I start to go to sleep and she's like, Bubba. And she grabs me and I'm like, what? She's like, did you hear that? And she got really quiet. I was like, no, what? She's like, shut up. And I hear the zipper behind me. I hear something go and it blow out real hard like a dog would. And the zipper was shaking when it took a breath in, when it inhaled, the zipper shook, when it breathed out, the zipper would shake. And it did this like five or six times. And I'm just like, I pulled my pocket knife, a little bitty pocket knife to open. It was about that big when I'm like, Nope, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Yeah. I'm still like, maybe it's a bear. Me. And, um, yeah, it, it did this for a couple minutes and it did like five big breaths. And I, it's, it was sending chills down me. And we didn't sleep all night after that. Um, she was freaking out. And all of a sudden, you hear, and then you hear some footsteps down by the base of the tent again. And this, I guess the same one came back and it looked at the tent while it was standing up. And I, a sense of fear came over me at that point because I'm like, okay, now this thing is literally like walking and you could see it through the top of the tent, like that much of its head. Mm-hmm. And it was just long hair. You could see the silhouette. It kind of looked like a ghillie suit. What well, it was you all son that was said, look like a man in a ghillie suit mm-hmm. and in the silhouette, that's what it looks like. Thick matted long, you know, um, and it walked off. And then it all got quiet. We didn't hear another sound. The next morning when we woke up, we didn't find anything by the door of the tent where the zipper zipper is. Mm -hmm. But we did find what we were like, oh, my God, those are Bigfoot prints right over by the edge of the creek, which was just beyond my feet at the tent. Um, Yeah, that one. And that was like I was saying, like, oh, maybe it was cattle or maybe it was this. Or when that thing was right at my head breathing, it it wasn't anything I could tell you. Yeah, at that point I was so scared. I knew it was either Bigfoot or it was a bear. And either way, it's it's at the top of my head and I'm laying down. I, I felt like I had been had at this point, right? But that was that was the scary experience but that breathing in my head i'll never forget how that ran all the way down my spine i can imagine man like it was like sleep uh, perilous without mm -hmm. being asleep (laughs) i can imagine dude i mean did did it did you hear any like weird noises aside from the breathing like anything that would you know count as like communication between them or was there any smell No. no there was a smell but not like they weren't doing wood knocks or anything, but the smell. And that was, I think when I smelt it was because that one was so close to my head 
and I got a whiff. And that was even before, like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't watched any documentaries at that point. I hadn't paid a lot of attention. But from what I've heard, you know, watching documentaries and stuff, that was that pungent, uh, almost like a mildew, like you go into an old basement, yeah. that mildewy smell you get. It, it was heavily like that, but with a like a skunky kind of dirty yeah it, that dirty wet earthy, dog smell yeah 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 yep. yeah like a wet dog had just went out and rolled all in the dirt and came mm-hmm. in and shook in your house and all those yeah it, it's camouflage smell right mm-hmm. other than that mildewy skunky smell you would think it just smelled like earth mm-hmm. you know like you go outside the wind blows and you're like I smell the leaves. I smell every kind of like that with that pungent, ugh, like, Oh, I don't want to smell this anymore. Yeah. That wet hair. Nasty. Yeah. I think the real bad smell, like we've smelled that a few times. There's a Creek down by our house where we drove by one day and it smelled like it, it could have just been a dead carcass in there, like a dead deer <laughs> or something, but it was so bad, man. But I tend to think that, when they give off that real bad smell, it's almost like a skunk reaction. Like, yeah, they're not going to smell like that all the time. But if they're threatened or they're, you know, frightened, they might yeah, give absolutely. off some type of odor like that. But, dude, that is such a wild experience, man. Like, that, it was. And so just to the crouching and like not to talk about my experience too much, but like I, this isn't even mine. This was my son's. My wife was driving and my listeners have heard this before. My my oldest is not into any of this stuff. He's not like he he's into like World War II army stuff. You know, he's he's a thirteen year old boy. Yet. <laughs> no, and uh, so my wife drove by. She, they she saw something running out of the corner of her eye. He's not even paying attention. He's like on the phone looking, and he looks up and goes, "Holy crap, mom! I think there's a guy running in a ghillie suit." And she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and so for that that's no, like his frame not. of reference yeah that's his frame of reference that like he's not thinking bigfoot yeah yeah or anything like absolutely. that absolutely that's so wild dude yeah so, so did you go camping one. again after that yeah same <laughs> spot and that was so i i spent in colorado i spent a lot of time i was always outside um i was a lumberjack for a while and while when we did a big clear cut it was like a 20 acre clear cut up on the mountainside so, I mean, I was outside all day cutting trees and then we would take those trees down to a big ranch and we built five miles of crossbuck fence. So you cross it and then it's got the, the three that go and the one on the back at a down angle. We built five miles of that. So, and this is like two or three years of always outside. When we'd get done working, we'd go home, we'd eat dinner, we'd go buy a 24 pack, and we'd go to the mountains and run around. And I've gone back to that spot hoping for an experience. Like, okay, this happened. I hope it happens again. Um, my three Colorado experiences, they all happened in a triangle. One, the first one I told you about was here. The first one I had happen was up here. And the third one that happened was over here. In that triangle, it was probably like 11 miles from point a to point b 11 miles to point c and 11 miles back over that's Um, really interesting that you say that so we had this encounter at this nature preserve and then i heard an episode of sasquatch chronicles that 
happened in my area and i was like blown away that because i didn't think it was bigfoot at all when we had our first experience so then i heard and if you look at it on a map it is it's like this you know triangular shape but it's also only about five or six miles like radius from everywhere and it's like i i they move in patterns interesting that yeah they have and i since i've started becoming and I, I think yeah, it was primary. Couple years probably after my third experience that I realized they had this pattern that they were staying inside of. Um more recently I've been hearing things like you always hear about the whoops they do, hear about the tree knocks. I, I heard somebody talking about their experience and uh they were hearing they said it sounded like bird calls, but you could tell it wasn't a bird. And in Colorado, in the area that's called Four Mile, it, it's called Four Miles because it's four miles from town. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in the evenings when we'd be out there running around after work, whatever, after it'd get real dark, if we got quiet, like we'd stop and smoke a joint or something, there were many times within that triangle that you would hear these weird calls and everybody would say, what is that? And I'm like, it sounds like an alien. I have, a, 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 that's just kind of what I could get from it. But that's what I've been hearing talked about is these bird calls that aren't real birds. Like people, like people are recording them and comparing them to mm-hmm. other birds in their region, outside that region. And, I, and they don't exist. Yeah. So, yeah. After hearing that, I'm like, wow. So I've probably had more encounters than I know because you can hear these whistles move and there's usually two or three of them spaced out. You know, one will get closer and they'll get further and they just kind of move around where, yeah. It, after you start learning things, it's it's kind of crazy what you realize you didn't experience, but you were there. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's so, you know, the, the bird sounds because our second no our third encounter we had and we never saw anything uh, on any of these encounters i saw something on a road one time and that may have been a bigfoot may have been a dog man or it could have been a bear i'm not gonna you know completely deny that either but it was weird but uh the third encounter we walked into this circle of trees that's on this trail and it's just like you're on like a woods trail and then it just comes to this open clearing and there's just a huge circle of trees and then there's a like a fence kind of cutting it off like that's the end of the nature preserve and on the other side of the fence when we walked into the circle we heard what sounded like a drunk guy doing a crow call like like ah it was like and we were like that's that's not a bird and it did it twice when we walked in and then it did it twice when we left so, so yeah my guess was they're either alerting each other like one two are coming in or yeah man. but that was that was a weird one and my i've heard it my wife has heard it around our house uh oh, wow. we have an owl we we know the owl you know we see it we've seen it it makes a certain noise and every once in a while we've only been here since july but we've heard it maybe three times you'll hear the owl and then you'll hear like whoop 
like really? it sounds like an owl but it's you're like that's really not like an owl, owl burping yeah it's a again if someone has like audio of like a different type of owl and can prove me wrong great you're i'm right. gonna try to but, <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah it's it's weird but yeah dude so uh yeah that uh it, it the sounds and the crouching too the crouching is like one of those things the uh the one i saw on the side of the road it it dropped down it was standing on the side of a tree and then it dropped down to this like crouch position and then it took off and it was like i've never seen something run that fast and i didn't i only saw eyes and it was just like the weirdest thing so they're, they're quick that and that way i guess i mean if you're eight foot tall you, you have a 43 inch inseam you cover a lot more ground right mm -hmm. But that anyway. was my uh, my third experience, the one that would have been over on this side. We were walking up on a – it was me and my buddy Eric, and we had three girls with us. And names don't matter, whatever. Um, the girls were kind of in front of us a little bit because we were hanging back. Oh, they didn't smoke cigarettes. And so we're walking behind him smoking cigarettes. <clears throat> Sorry about that. And uh, I look over to the right, and it's way down. So, I mean, it's a way off scale, right? But, like, we're way up here, and this thing, it has to be a quarter mile away and probably 150 feet down mm -hmm. from where we were, maybe 100. Um, and I look over – and I'm like, oh, somebody else is over there. And we keep walking. I'm like, wait a second. Like, the dude looked like he was nearly as big as the trees. So I look back, and I there were fingers of trees that would come down. There were three. Brah. And he was coming from this one into this one. And just as I looked back, he walked into it. And I was like, huh, that's a really big guy and it was about dusk like it was, the sun was going down so and i think he was moving down towards the river down to the water area the food area all that and uh, i keep watching over i keep looking over like i'm watching <laughs> um he comes <clears throat> out of the second one and as he exit i'm I hit my buddy i'm like eric look and he looks over and i must have said it pretty loud because this thing looks up at us really quick and Eric goes, Oh my fuck. He's big. And he runs from the second one and he runs into the third one. I mean, quick. So these probably 50 yards, but he probably covered it in a second. I mean, he heard us looked up like he saw us and was gone. Boom. And then he went, ran up we saw him because we were up high enough. We could still see down. He ran up that tree line, climbed over a couple like 15 foot rocks that were just like one, two, three. He was over on the other side and just climbed, ran through the trees, ran around a corner. He was gone. And yeah. That's and that, we Like there were no smells, but so the pinion trees are all 12 to 15 foot tall. The pinion trees like, and, uh, a huge evergreen bush more than a tree and he wasn't but like 
three foot, four foot shorter than the top of that tree. And from where we were, you could see that ghillie suit, right? But there's no one in the town that big, no one. And if, if someone was going through, I don't know, they're crazy mountain folk where we were. So if someone's running through the mountains in a ghillie suit, they were up to no good and they're not from town. Right. So, um, but there was no doubt in my mind. Like I said, that was my third experience. No doubt in my mind what I saw that time. And the girls in this amount of time to where I said, Eric, look. And he said, holy fuck. And that thing ran. The girls turned around and said, what are you looking at? And we were like, look, down there in the trees. And they're like, what is it? We're like, eh, Bigfoot? Like that is that's what it's gotta be, you know. And they never saw it because he had already gotten into the trees. They didn't have eyes on him to find him and it was dusk. But that was that was a cool experience, right? Because we were up high enough that we got a full shot of him. He hadn't smelled us yet. So that was a good one. Um That's wild. What did it what did it look like though? Like did you get it to see its face at all or no, I mean, once again, he, he was probably a half mile over, mm -hmm. right? And it was dusk. Um, but it wasn't a that, bear. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. not. It was almost, oh God, what's his name? That, that iconic Bigfoot film from way back in the 50s or whatever, the black and white one. It's Patty film? That, yeah. It was kind of that quintessential Bigfoot, but I, I don't feel like he was as it. I don't know if it's a he or she. I don't. Yeah, we think, don't want to misgender the Bigfoot, <laughs> right? Not today. <laughs> nope. Don't make him mad. Um, but I don't feel like they, the the one in that video. They're real thick, really thick, and like their arms are kind of right by their side when they walked. The one we saw was mm, like the same size, but his arms were out. Like he had huge traps, right? He was walking like, like he was in charge. Like he, it wasn't right by his side or anything, but his chest was thick. His shoulders were huge. His arms were huge and hung down. I probably like three or four inches longer than you would expect human art and almost knee length type of thing, right? Like to scratch his knee, all they had to do was just twist their shoulder a little and they're scratching their knee. And he did have that lumbering walk, but once again, it looked a little bit different than the one in the Patterson video because he wasn't that just one solid block of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And that actually, while I'm talking, that made me think, I wonder no, Bigfoot doesn't shed, or we would have found fur by now. <laughs> so right. I was just saying, maybe they shed coats for winter and summer, but we would have found hair by now. So I would think, but this is the problem with the hair is like whenever they find hair, it always comes back that it's quote unquote tainted with human DNA. <laughs> yeah. But that just makes me believe that we're somehow related to these things, you know? Like, we're all spread in there. Mm hmm. And uh, or they're a earlier version of us or somewhere down the, uh, the you know, the jury's still out on that. What what yeah. they are. But 
they uh i don't know the, the patty film I, i'm pretty sure you know they've they've identified that she's got breasts and that's why she's so big that's on the right, front yeah. and uh yeah. i mean i've heard a lot of different encounters and stuff and they all sound different you know what i mean they're all more built not so much like football play, but like almost like basketball players they're just big you know lean yep. and i've heard the arms being very long before and i've also heard that their knees are a lot different than ours their knees are almost a little bit lower on yeah. their leg than like they're a longer thigh mm-hmm. short calf yeah and that's probably why they can move so quick but damn that's such a cool encounter man i i that really was... want to see one like in my car you know what I mean? Like while right. I'm driving. So being in a car, you got to be careful. Because my first encounter was in a truck. We It was me and my buddy David Pedri and his girlfriend Pam. And it was Pam's truck. We were driving. So we'd driven all the way through four mile. And we were probably, well, probably like I say, probably like eight to 11 miles up from these other two experiences up the top of the triangle. And we had gotten onto what is called Pump Station Road. And Pump Station Road, there's a whole theory behind this, too, because it was the road that went to the pump station. But for some reason, half a mile before the pump station, they blew the road up so no one can get there. There's also a tunnel that goes from this pump station in Buena Vista, Colorado area, that goes um, to the Pueblo Reservoir down in Pueblo, Colorado, goes through Colorado Springs, and it takes all the water and gives the front range water. It also runs right past NORAD. So the theory there is that if you're building a tunnel that big and that long, how much extra would it cost the government? Just raise our taxes a little bit, right? But dig another tunnel directly under the pipeline because if you're in NORAD, and you were to drive a straight line to Buena Vista area, you would make it, no traffic, you know, just a straight tunnel, you'd make it in like 45 minutes. They say if if fallout from like a nuke or something was to reach Buena Vista, it would still take like a day and a half. If the wind was blowing it, it would take a day and a half to get there. So now the president would be safe. Right. He made it there in no time. We have an airport in town. So you load them up on the airplane and fly them out. That's a theory as to why the road was blown out before the pump station. That's one of those conspiracy theories, the bad word. (laughs) It's interesting because just to tell you in our town, this area where I've heard other encounters have happened, this creepy ass road that I drive on every day. At the end of this road, there's a roundabout, right? And then, you know, it's a three-way roundabout. They cut for three things. So it only goes, or sorry, four-way roundabout. There's four exits on this okay, roundabout. Yeah. And uh, the fourth exit, the one to the left, if you're coming from one direction, it goes into the woods and just stops. So it's literally oh, wow. <laughs> like... Oh, wow. And I'll, I'll I'll have to take a picture of it and send it to you because it makes yeah, no sense. And it's all state posted land. And I've always wondered, like, yeah, you know, they say, like, they couldn't get the permit to cut through or whatever. Who knows? But I always wonder, yeah. is there some type of treaty we have with these things or is there special land that they're only allowed to be on? 
because that road would cut right through that area and it's That's like funny. they just stopped building on this funny roundabout you say that because my experience is there in colorado in that triangle it's all it's open range but it's um what is it? public lands right mm-hmm. it's protected land and as time went on, they shut more and more of the land down and fenced it off. So you can't get there. So it's interesting you say about that because, yeah, that would put them within all of that national forest, if you will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah you can't, you, you have to be careful where you drive. They don't like many vehicles going on certain roads. They don't like four wheelers going down those roads. No dirt bikes going down those roads. And that's, yeah, that's curious. (laughs) It is. And I've always wondered it because it's like the woods on the other side, people hunt in there. They're totally fine. But it's just this one patch of woods that connects all the way. If you follow the straight line, it'll connect all the way to the nature center where that fence was. And it's like, so I want to get in there. Same area where you heard the, yeah. it's, It's all pretty much a triangle you know a little lopsided triangle but it's a triangle and it just makes me wonder is this like state land protected land is it because they're on reasons is it a sasquatch reservation did we kind of push them into there and say like here you guys can have this however many acres it is just you can't come out this way and (laughs) that's interesting yeah i had never thought about it till you said that i'm like whoa like that makes so much sense yeah, and, just... and that's where generally the encounters i feel like a lot of them in in the u.s and about anywhere you go are all on the protected land right yeah, yeah. interesting yeah it, it's just a theory <laughs> i have i haven't been able to dig too too deep into it but i want to find out why they couldn't build this road because there's like yeah. you know about a mile up the road there's like a whole shopping center. We got a shop right, like this whole plaza, and this roundabout would cut right through there. You know, yeah, it'd make it quicker yeah. to get from that. And it's they didn't wow. build it, so it's weird. Wow. So anyway, let's yeah. let's jump to the first uh, encounter again. Oh, so yeah, you're yeah. in the truck. Hey, so yeah, we're way up on the pi- or the, the pump station road, and there's a spot where there's an S curve with an extra curve. And as we come around the second curve, we see what well, we we told ourselves it was just a couple elk, but it, that's what we convinced ourselves of. The other thing is one elk would have, I can't get my hands the same way, but one elk would have had to been jumping over the other elk with its legs hanging down directly over the other elk's legs with its arms moving, its legs moving like arms, and it had like human buttocks, right? Not like in, but we're at this point we're 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 not Bigfoot people, you know, like Bigfoot's funny. Yeah, because elks just do that all the time. They jump, they play leapfrog, man. Always, yeah, right over the antlers, you know, like oh, they're cool. No, um, so as we come around, we see this thing running, arm back, buttocks flexed, leg pushing left leg forward running so like it heard us coming we scared it it ran into the trees and i was like david go and he gunned it spun into the trees there was snow um and he he literally spun into the trees and as we come through the trees right where this thing had gone in 
there's a herd of elk. What do you know? So now we're sliding. We're like, oh, God, 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 no, no, because there's elk. We're trying to stop. As we come down and we spin around the end of the elk and the headlights go through the trees, we saw the figure running through the trees. And we're like, okay, it's just, it's elk again, right? We scared them. So now they've jumped again. Perfect alignment to where it looks like an eight or nine foot dude full sprinting through the woods. Um, yeah, I, I don't, we've always said it was elk, but now I know better. Right. And David and I will still joke about like, Hey dude, seen any elk lately? <laughs> you know, like, man, no. um, yeah, you know, as we're talking and talking about David, that brings up another experience I ought to tell you about it. it if you have any questions you want to ask, feel free. I'll go on to it. But yeah, that gave me another one. Go for it, man. So this one, we don't know what it was. And I, I'm not going to say it was Bigfoot because what happened in this experience was, it's funny. I think most of my hauntings were with David. <laughs> um, we hung out a lot. Maybe um, David's haunted. <laughs> that's a good point. I need, I need to talk to him. Um, where were we? We were in the red shed at his parents' house. And it was right, right at the edge of town, right just a stone's throw from the river. And we're we're sitting down in the red shed. We're playing Sega. We're playing Sonic. Yeah, we were smoking a lot of weed that night. Like we bought an ounce of weed. We sat down, started and played video games. Was this and, in the same area? Yeah, it was just maybe. Two, but in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Same town, just not out in four miles. It was probably like maybe three miles from the closest section of four mile. Okay. And uh, we're playing games, and I told him, I'm like, David, did you feel that? He was like, Yeah. Remember, I told you, like, I get weird feelings down here. And I was like, Yeah, but I mean, we hang out all the time. We go back to playing. He's like, oh, it's probably a witch. And I'm like, nah, dude, don't even start. Don't go there. I, I don't want to joke around. And we start kind of just joking back and forth and bullshitting about it and kind of talking shit about the stuff. And all of a sudden, there's two doors, front door, back door, and there's five windows. Three of the windows open in, two of them open out. All of a sudden, all of these things open both doors and all five windows opened at the same time with a slam, like boom, like we had made it fucking mad. And, uh, we jumped. And when we jumped up, we looked out the window and the window, it was just at the top of my head. So when I looked in, I had to pull myself up to peek in, like I said, about five eleven. this thing, whatever it was, it was a dark figure. And you, that may have been my first Bigfoot experience. And to this day, I've just kind of denied it. But there was a blackness. Uh, maybe that was it, too. It wasn't a, the moon wasn't out. Maybe it's just real dark outside. But it was a blackness. And it was up to the top of that window, bent down, looking in at us. We freaked out. I We we were going to run outside. So we ran to the back door and we're like, no, this thing's out there. So we run back to the front door. And when we get to the front door, 
it runs off. David takes off out the front door after it. I'm like, no, dude, what are you doing? So I run back. I go out the back door because I want to see what's going to happen at the other side. And uh, David picked up, uh, it was a lead pipe. And he threw it. And as this thing went to jump over the barbed wire fence, he hit it. Boom. And it tumbled across the ground. And you could hear it hit. Boom. And I turned and looked at David. David was like, what the fuck was that? I said, I don't know, dude. And we go to the, the barbed wire fence. But it was already gone. So, like, it tumbled. We looked at each other. And when we looked back, I guess it had already gotten up. And the trees weren't. But just right there that was a horrifying experience and that's i've never focused on the fact that might have been bigfoot again but the fact that all the doors and all five windows three opening out two opening in they all flew open at the same time so i've always kind of pushed that one off as a paranormal experience but really that that could have been um there could have just been a dude someone was actually maybe at the window watching us you know because there's creepy people out there um it is, but man again it's like i i just have such a hard time believing it's a person because yeah unless there's a real sick deranged human staring into someone's window it's like but that's interesting bringing the kind of paranormal aspect into it because like with our one encounter we didn't see anything but there was a there was a vibe in the air it was like we knew and I, I've encountered animals. I've walked up on bears before. You know, I've I've been hunting. I, I know yeah. I know the sense when you have an animal around. Right. This was this was not that. This was more kind of like you said, like more close to sleep paralysis almost. That like yeah, man. that just blood chilling, hair on the back of your neck standing up, your spine is tingling. Like it's weird. So it's an ominous feeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I've, I've heard some encounters where, you know, Bigfoot is, has like phantom like abilities almost, but yeah, I've heard that too. And it's like, he, he can almost like, uh, like split dimension, like mm -hmm. step through a portal type of thing. Yeah. And it's, that's a, that's an interesting story, man, because what the hell caused everything to open up? Did it just like whack the side of the house and slammed everything right. open or was it, there... you know, he might have it wasn't like a heavy duty shed, you know, it's a real thin wall, like it was probably built in the I don't know, man. It was old and it it wasn't thick. Like when it got cold, we didn't hang out much in the red shed because you couldn't heat it. It was the wall like um God, what are they called? Oh, can't even think of it a long a pole barn it's like okay. a pole barn mm -hmm. and they just put walls on it type yeah. of thing so i mean, technically if you're that big and that strong and you hit that just right the whole thing could shake and but that's it's funny yeah because i kind of until now i i kind of yeah i never thought about that could have been a bigfoot experience you know I just it always focused on that feeling that we had and then everything fell open, you know, like all your cabinets might open at once in your house or something, right? Like, Oh my God, it was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I mean, who knows? I, it could have just been like perfect timing too. Maybe there was a Bigfoot creeping, you know, looking in right. and a spirit, whatever the spirit was or whatever, got pissed off. Maybe it spooked the Bigfoot too. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, absolutely. Dude, honestly, there's nothing that would shock me anymore in this world. Nope. But nope. that would, that'd be a pretty pissed off spirit to open yeah, five well, windows and. The reason we thought that was because we, I mean, we were, like I said, we were bullshit about it, but we were talking shit about, oh, yeah, fuck that. What, what, what can they do to us? Nothing can hurt us. It's not even real. Da, 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 you know, almost taunting and tempting it. And then, yeah, we're like, oh, that's, I think some of my, like I was saying, I think a lot of my paranormal experiences were with David and they were all, David is, um, what is he five foot eight and he's i mean he's thick he's a viking and he's always a football player so he's always working out he's big um and all of the experiences i had with him were to the point that him and i both just we fucking lost jumped and like what the fuck you know because we're not the, like i told you earlier i'm the guy that says if you scare me i'm probably going to swing no no, when I'm really, really, really scared, I apparently run, <laughs> you know, like, well, there, there is a difference, man. There is, a, I mean, I've been in some fights. I've been in bar fights before I've, I've encountered, I, I was a teacher. I've had to break up fight there's a, oh, yeah. when, when it's a person you can kind of, unless you get completely blindsided, you can kind of defend yourself and you have a thing when there's a shadow being in your room. You know, mm. climbing on top of your chest, it's a different story. You freeze up. There's just yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's wild. It, it, and, and that could have been a shadow entity too with that. I I don't right. know. Yeah. That's, I've, I've always wondered like what happened that night. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a crazy experience. And even now, like I kind of, I'm, I'm back in that, like, Oh my God, that was a crazy experience. And that was I think I was 21 when that happened. So that was 22 years ago. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and that's um, the thing with paranormal experiences, though. It's like you experienced it. It happened. It's even me. I, I'm open about them. I talk about them all the time. There's stuff that happens sometimes. And I'm like, you just subconsciously put it away because you can't process yeah. it right away. You know, and right. you're like, and then you sit down, you start talking about it. You think about it. You're like. Yeah, that wasn't normal. That, that yeah, not at all, right? I mean, that was interesting too. Like talking about how people have said that Bigfoot can like kind of split a dimension, right? Go through portals. If that's possible, then that might explain why he disappeared so quickly after he went over the fence. That could also explain the energy that it might have to take to open all of the doors and all of the windows because the fence isn't but like 10 or 15 feet behind the shed mm -hmm. right so if a portal was opening right there that's a lot of energy going all of a sudden just a few feet away so yeah that um that's interesting to think about that yeah. that could vary and that could have been that like whoa like okay it was like an energy that we had felt like did you feel that like yeah what? And that yeah, I'm kind of blown away right now. I'm trying to take it all in. Like, wow. Another thing, like uh wood knocks and stuff you hear with Bigfoot. 
I, I'd like to be able to talk to other people that are from fairly more rocky regions than timber regions. Like where we are in Colorado or were in Colorado is a high mountain desert. So there's still lots of, there's trees up on the mountainside, but it's very open, right? Even when you go into the bush, it's not a lot of undergrowth and all that. It's just big, tall trees everywhere. And four mile, it's very, very, very rocky. And it has, like I was saying, the pinion trees and I've not much else. I'm not sure you might find a pine tree here and there, but it's all pinions. So to, and they're big bushy ones, right? So to get into where you can knock on the 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 trunk itself is very hard to do. And once you get in there, it's even harder to swing because you have these evergreen branches sticking everywhere in there. And I feel like what Sasquatch does in Colorado, at least in that area, was more of a rock knock. Because when we were talking earlier about the 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 false bird calls, we would also hear what sounded like a rock hitting another rock real hard. But being being up there, it's also very plausible to think, hey, a rock fell. Right. You're in, you know, you're in, and it's real brittle rock. I fell about twenty feet climbing, and it's because the rock is so brittle that you can sometimes you can rip huge chunks off of it um so rocks falling it's not that big and not too far out there to think right because you're, you're in the brittle rock but when rocks fall they don't tend to just one fall they'll hit they rock they bounce they around bounce and all that and you a lot of times when you would hear those false bird calls there would be a but it sounded like not not wood on wood, like rock on rock type of thing. And I wonder, that's why I say I'd like to talk to be able to talk to other people and see if they've experienced that, or is that just my imagination running away hoping for something? <laughs> no, I, I've also heard too that they can like, you know how we like you know do this and we like make a popping noise. Yeah, yeah. they 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 make those popping noises and stuff too. Interesting, and, or like you know, like a tongue click, like a, like they can almost mimic a uh, sound of like a tree knock with that as well. Interesting. Interesting. And if, if they do have a language and they are using some type of like Morse code or, or something like that, it's not very, it's very plausible to think that that could be a option too, that they're making some kind of mouth click or mouth pop to. Right. Absolutely. Because most people yeah. in the woods, you, you hear something like that, you're not going to pay attention unless you're right. You know what I mean? I, I, yep. I can't think of how many times I've been in the woods up until, you know, two years ago when we had this encounter. I mean, you hear noises all the time. You don't think twice about it, you know? Yeah, not at all. Not at all. And that's you saying that, like the popping sound. I, I feel I'm like, huh, I think. I know what you're talking about, but like not ever hearing about that, you don't you don't put the dots together, right? And like you said, you don't even think about it. It was just a sound out in the bush. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's uh, that's one of those because you hear sounds 
I have to say, if you hear a sound in nature that doesn't sound natural, it's probably not, right? And that's you. If you were to hear uh, the chick, the chick, the cheap pop, mm -hmm. then you would just simply think, "Oh, there's somebody over there." Yeah, or squirrel, right? would, or so, yeah, or it's, it's something, you know, and not not question it because it's. I don't know. Yeah, but that's man. This is good talk. Like my mind is just spinning the whole time. Yeah, um, dude, this is, I, I consider myself a Bigfoot researcher. I don't go out. I mean, I do go out and hike and I, I will, you know, keep my eyes open and stuff, yeah, but I'm absolutely. not, I'm not out there with cameras and stuff. I think a big part of research is hearing eyewitness accounts and absolutely other people's experiences because you start hearing enough, you start putting pieces together. It's like, oh, they're they got this happening. They saw this, that ghillie suit. All right. Now there's multiple yeah. people I've talked to now that have a similar experience. And it's yeah, it's all part of it. And the fact that like the Bigfoot researchers, the scientific ones, don't right. take into account people's encounters just makes me believe that there is some, you know, conspiracy there that they they know something's up because if they like to tell us that Bigfoot is gigantopithecus or, you know, a distant rel, you know, right. distant ancestor, if that were the case, that would prove they're the, the standard theory of evolution. And they would be posting that shit everywhere. Anything right to up. discredit God, anything to discredit, you know, biblical accounts or whatever, Especially that would be all over now. the news. Yeah. Even if we couldn't find one, it would be everywhere. And they're yeah. not doing that. So that makes me believe that it's there's something. Yeah, they're they're more human than they want to admit. And absolutely. I've always had the theory too. Like, if you put me out in the woods long enough, I mean, look, this is like yeah. two months of growth. Right. You yeah. know, you start into a cold climate, a couple absolutely. of generations, my kids are gonna be hairy. Like Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yep. The Norse, right? Well, and not just the North, the, the Norse, the Scandinavians, the Icelandic people, the Scottish, big, hairy people. Why? Because they've been outside for so long, their bodies adapted to it, what, what it needs to stay warm and stay alive. Exactly. Yeah, man. And then I heard another theory, too. I'm going to tell you, this was interesting. Uh, this was, I had a guy on a couple weeks ago, and... He was saying how polar bears have two layers of fur. Yeah. Right. And the top layer is actually clear. Yep. And the bottom layer is the more, you know, beige kind of color. But when they lift that top layer up, it makes them completely blend into the snow. Oh. So if really? these things have two layers of hair, a top layer being clear, and they have the ability to make that stand up. Yeah. They right. could. They could kind of camouflage right into a tree. They could absolutely, yeah. And, that's interesting, and that's something we can prove with science. You know what I mean? Like we have animals that do that. Like right. it's not like yeah. a far fetched theory. Wow, that's that's a good theory. I like that. That would make a lot of sense too, because I, I guess in my mind it does. You see videos, uh, you know, documentaries and stuff where. You have to like really, really, when they get, there's one guy, I think he's in British Columbia or somewhere, and Les Stroud from uh, Survivor Guy, mm -hmm. Survivor Man, sorry. <laughs> um, he they, They've done a couple things together where they go out hunting for Bigfoot and they take the video cameras and all that. But the guy that Les goes with, 
he uh, he's got some really good videos of like a Bigfoot standing. Like at first you can't see it, but then he kind of zooms in on it a bit and all its hair is standing out. It's not this hanging down hair like we're used to. It's all standing straight out and it's blending in with the shadows around it. And all you can see is its eyes and it'll blink. You know, but that's you saying that about standing its hair up to blend in. He's got videos of Bigfoot where their hair is not hanging down. It's sticking out. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I think I, I think it could definitely be a plausible theory. I mean, it's not far fetched at all. And that's why we have everyone. The joke is, why does everyone have a blurry photo? Well, right. If they're literally camouflaging in, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if so, other animals have that. I think. Well, but every, I, th- I feel like every mammal mm-hmm. has the ability to stand up some part of its hair. Even us, when we get scared, our hair stands up, right? Our retropeli gets there and our hair stands up. We get goosebumps. Um, dogs, they're, they're backstrap. Yep. And some dogs, all their hair will poof out when they get mad. Um Deer, when deer get mad, they get a stripe down their back. So I mean, like every mammal has that ability. So yeah, that's this is a great theory. And that would like you were saying, why why are all the pictures blurry? Because he's blurring himself into his surroundings. Yeah, it's again, I can't prove that, but in my head, that makes sense. It kind of lines uh, up with science. It, it just. It makes sense to me. So I, I'm yeah, going to stick man. with that until someone proves me. <laughs> but, so uh, uh, before we get on to more David stuff, I'll tell you about uh, my wife, Jen, and I, our experience up by Pickle Lake, Ontario. Her parents own a fishing lodge up there. You can look it up on Google Maps, Oz Lake Lodge. When you leave the lodge, you'll come off. And like if you're looking at Google Maps, It'd be north. So you're coming out east and then you go south around the big island. And then you come up between the narrows. It's where two islands, they, they stick way up and two huge, almost like a fjord. You know what if you, yeah. Um, you go through the fjord there and then we would cut right around this island. And you come up left and there was an island sitting there with a perfect little cutout, this rock coming into the water and your boat would fit in there perfectly. And there were no waves. So it was real easy to tie your boat off. You don't have to worry about it getting away from you. So we pulled up in there. We started calling that our Island. We went there like three or four times. Um, but the last time we went, it was, we were fixing to leave for the season. We were done working there. We were headed back to the States. And went to the island. We decided we're going to walk around on it a bit and explore it. And it's very, very virgin territory. Like you'll see logs this big under moss. And when you walk up, you can just stick your hand straight through it. It's so old and untouched. Um, And then there's this weird, you want to call it like moss, but it'll be up to like 18 inches deep like knee deep on me when you step in it when you push down it starts forming your foot but after you get about ankle deep it forms around your foot when you pull your foot out there's just looks almost like maybe a deer print 
right? Just this little hole. And you can't take huge steps once again, because it's about knee deep. When we went walking through here and Jen, she wore shorts and flip flops and we hadn't decided we were going to walk around, right? We were just out on the boat. We were going to go to our Island and hang out. And so when we decided to walk, I put her on my back. And even with her extra 110 pounds or whatever, which would have made us like 270 pounds, it was still not leaving an imprint of my foot, right? So we're walking around and she jokingly, at this point, I was a Bigfoot believer. I'd already had my three experiences. I'd done research. Um, and she was entertaining the thought, if you will. Yeah, she would watch these documentaries with me because I like them. And uh, while we're watching, you know, they talk about like the tree breaks. Are they are they marking a direction? Are they marking territory? They talk about how you'll find trees that they look like your first thought is snowfall, right? That all these little trees got heavy and they fell together. But when you look at snowfall, they're not as intertwined with the delicacy as these little huts that they find. So she, she would talk about it. We'd laugh when we started walking around on this Island and I'm looking and I'm like, babe, do you notice how these trees all seem to be broke the same direction and over my head? And she's like, huh? Well, that's, that's weird because they're all pointing from this side of the island and this all pointing that way. So it was broke this way, pointing whatever direction it was, but they're all pointed the same way. And there was probably like 10, 10, 15 on this side and 10 or 15 on this side, the whole length of the island. They all pointed the same way. And there were two of those, call them snowfall shelters, if you will. One of them had a very prominent bedding, like something big has been laying on top of this 18 inches of soft, mossy undergrowth stuff. And then we notice footprints. Mind you, our 270 pounds of my size 11 shoe was leaving a hole about that big. And we're finding footprints like the size of my 11 shoe. So either somebody went walking through here with snowshoes, which really would be impossible because they're going to sink under, they're going to get hung up. You're not going to be able to pull them out. Or all of these trees pointing the same direction with these two huts are being really actually lived in. And then we were telling a couple people, they're like, you're in the middle of a lake. Aye, we are. But the deepest parts of this lake generally are about 40 feet away or 40 feet, 40 feet deep and several feet away from the islands. When you start getting close to these islands, there's spots that you can walk a half mile across the lake and it's not over 10 foot deep. You know, so mm -hmm. if you're eight or nine foot tall and the water level's low, um, this this lake, Os Lake Osnenberg is also, it's got a dam on it. 
from another lake, Lake St. Joseph. When they drain Lake St. Joseph because it's too full, Osnenberg gets deeper. And that happens basically every summer, but not spring and fall, right? They fill it up at the beginning of summer, and then they the water is gone before fall. And at spring and fall, a lot of the water levels will drop down. You can't even take your boat out. So if you're eight, nine foot tall, how hard would it be really for you to walk from island to island or maybe swim 20 feet if you have to? You know, and that we were probably five, three, five miles away from camp. You know, there's no, we're the only house that people know of um, within five miles. And that's on the main strip of road. They're five miles away. There's no houses across the lake unless there's a native person out there camping out. They have a a tarp thing set up and all that. And you'll see them. They'll be right on the shore. They have their tarp spread and they're out there for the weekend or whatever. But out where we were, there's nothing out there. Yeah, we, you and me, we're not going to be like, Hey, let's just go hiking through the lake today and carry all my stuff and build something over here. We're going to take our baby. We're going to go out there. And yeah, it was, uh, wasn't any like weird feelings. We didn't get any knocks or anything. And like I was saying too, like we were close to the end of summer there. So it's all full filled up. So in my mind, if I was a Bigfoot, I wouldn't want to be stuck on one little island all summer right like there's not much airflow there's not a lot of food there um but if you were to come in for fall you would you'd be in the middle of a lake so no one's come nothing's really coming to you everything else wants to stay on the main shore you can get back and forth real easy through the shallow water and once it freezes now you can get back and forth even easier right and that's uh, that's kind of always been my theory that that was kind of the winter home. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And with the the snowfall trees, I mean, nature's beautiful and everything, but it just doesn't interlock like that. It doesn't <laughs> no. weave a roof. You know, it might no, sometimes, no. but to have it just stretches to that, like it just. It's not like statistically possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah, there's variations. Agree. There's wind, snow is heavier. And so it just well, doesn't make sense. A lot of times when you get into like true snowfall trees, from my experience, they're not sturdy, right? You can walk up and basically push them over. Mm -hmm. These huts you find are sturdy. You can grab them, you can pull them and they're there. You know, they are stout. And that's if... It reminds me of something you or I might build to go out with our kids and we're going to set this thing up and we're going to come back every now and then and hang out here. So we're going to pay attention and we're going to get limbs that lock together, not just dropped on top of each other, but we're going to lock it and get it secure. But they're bigger than what we would build probably, <laughs> you know, right. I, I have no reason to build something seven foot tall. Exactly. To if go you're building a lean to. Yeah, yeah, like with my kids, we're building little four foot lean twos, and I'm taking one inch branches, you know, and yeah, just <laughs> lining them up. So uh, absolutely, it's yeah, something something put those together, something yeah. big. Fully so. agree, and then and that's too. A lot of times, if you find a hut like that, that's when you'll start noticing, like, oh, I need to look around. Look at that broken tree. 
look at that broken tree. And they're, when you see those snap trees, they're not a broken tree, right? A broken tree falls to the ground. They're snapped. There's a piece left. It's bent down to the ground and they'll all point the same direction. And that's, yeah, I like seeing those. That's when I'm like, oh my God, keep your eyes open. And again, I think they use it for migration and stuff like for other families, maybe, or other members of their tribe or clan, whatever they are. It's just like, like we would leave a mile marker, but most humans are not going to look at that and say, oh, that's an arrow pointing this way, or this is, (laughs) this is the way to maybe the underground tunnel they go to. I don't know. Right. We're, we're oblivious to this stuff, but it is once you start paying attention, you start noticing it and it's too much to be just a natural coincidence. Like it's just, it, yeah. If you're out in nature and you have the proof to see this stuff and you're looking at it and you're denying it, you probably got the vaccine too. <laughs> 100%, dude. 100%. And you're, but they will see the aliens, you know? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that there's something in that that's altering people's brain chemistry that's going to make them see Project Bluebeam a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, but, uh, that's a, that's a scary subject. I I don't like talking about it, and not because of censorship or anything, because it's scary. Yeah, if you it's sit real, down yeah. and think about what the fuck is going on in the world and what they want to do, well, dude, like, I've got four kids. You know, like, no, this, this is not what she... Anyway, that's a whole different talk. And like I said, it's, it does. It, it doesn't scare me. It bothers me. And it puts me on edge. It gets me alert. And I'm ready to start prepping. I'm ready to start boat practicing i'm ready to start homeschooling and all these we are we homeschool oh that's awesome man yeah man our kids went to school and one day a little girl came back saying something about how her teacher had told her something and now she likes her teacher better than she likes us she doesn't want to come home anymore we were like what'd she tell you what Uh -uh, uh-uh uh-uh this this ain't happening no so yeah, they came home and apparently she spent most of her time on the iPad at school. Like all the kids had iPads, like you're at school, <laughs> you know? So she's six and we've got her doing not heavy duty, but I mean, basic multiplication in her mind. Mm-hmm. She can do it without paperwork, you know, like, and that's not like huge problems, you know, like two times three or two times 10 or like, um, yeah, not huge numbers, but up to probably, I don't know. I think like four, I think she can do four plus three or four times three, you know? And that was when she was in school, she wasn't learning shit. No. And it's the same. My son is six as well. And he's so bored in school. He gets in trouble constantly, but he's like, I don't want to go. I, I, we, we're learning shapes. I'm like, he's like, I knew my shapes when I was two. I'm right. like, I know, dude, I know. He can, he can yeah. add, he can do a little bit of subtraction. We haven't tried multiplication yet, but it's a, it's something we're really heavily thinking about is, you know, homeschooling him. But that's another episode for another day. Yeah. Well, that's real quick while we're on the subject. If anybody's hearing it, they're interested in it. Homeschooling's not that hard. It's really not. All you got to do is make sure your kid's learning. 
You know, like it's not, they have to sit down for six or eight hours a day. Our, like I said, my six year old is doing multiplication in her mind. And we, I mean, maybe we come up with things too. Oh, Hey, look, they're drawing there. They're doing crafts. That's schoolwork, right? Art class. Oh, Hey, our son wants to go cook. Cool. Let's do a baking class. Hey, and then they'll come to us. Can we do math? Sure. Absolutely. Here you go. You know, that's like three, four days a week, max, you know, we're doing schoolwork and not, but maybe two hours a day and the six-year-olds doing multiplication our four-year-olds doing addition and subtraction. And so I don't, I don't feel like we're doing all that bad. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing an awesome job, man. And like I said, it's something we actually just talked to someone last night about it who, who was homeschooling back in like the nineties, you know, before was it was me. like, yeah, I was and, homeschooled. And it's just one of those subjects. Maybe I'll have you on for a completely different, you know, episode talking about that because yeah. it's something we're really looking forward to. And I was a former teacher, so I understand the curriculum and I understand all the corruption that's in the school system too. So. Oh my God, man. Yeah. And that was the other thing too, is just, they, knowing so my dad they pulled me out of school in fourth grade fourth grade was my last year of public school and my sister was seventh grade i think um and i asked my dad when i was in like fifth grade why did you take us out of school he said well there's a lot of reasons but the number one reason in my book is what do he say he said in the 40s or 50s the communists came out and said we're not going to take America over by force. We're going to do it from within starting. And he said, I, they're starting with the schools and I can see it happening. So they took us out. And now I can look back and I'm like, holy crap. And yeah, there's, there's a big difference in what we learned and what our kids are learning, even history. I'm sure you've noticed that. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a seventh grader too, and their history class is just, it's like social justice warrior hour you know they just they that's all they read it's like Jeez. this greta thunberg did this and this person oh, did that. Wow. it's like they're not even learning like american history yeah, it, yeah. It, not wow. that they would be teaching them proper american history either but no it's it's a joke dude and yeah it's it's on the table and it's looking more and more like it's going to be a possibility next Heck year yeah but Heck uh yeah before we wrap up here you got a few more david stories yeah so or or any paranormal whichever i do i do so this is a good one with me and david um there were two other kids with us oh god can't can't remember their names they were david's buddies and we didn't really get along real well but whatever they came up so cool um we went to devil's playground and rumor has it that the witches and the warlocks, so there's a couple cabins up on the hill. There's like an old mine shaft with a little uh, wood structure around it. And then below this hill, there's a huge field. It's like a 15-acre field. And there's a huge tree in what used to be the center of the field. It's a little offset now because the trees have encroached into it. And this tree doesn't grow like it's still apparently alive i mean i was there for 16 years and i never saw leaves on the tree but the tree never fell um and around it nothing grew 
like oh it almost been like scorched earth or something apparently like the witches and the warlocks or whatever back in the day they used to go up here and practice and the tree was their main ritual area where they did some things so they called the devil's playground um it i always heard it was very haunted and so we were like cool we used to take people up there and i I never had encounters there. I went up there a lot with different people because you, you tell a good story and now you get people psychologically ready and everybody's just tense and it's fun and the energy. And, uh, David and I, these two dudes went up this one night and we were drinking and we hiked down to the big, big cabin. And David's like, we used to be able to go in here, but they boarded the front door up now. And we go up and it's they, they did a real good job keeping people out. But the side door, they just put three two by tens across it and screwed those into the wall to keep people out. So they broke through the glass and you can like open the door and squeeze through. And we decided we were going to try this. So we go up and I go to put my hand. I'm trying to, I'm reaching for that little crack. I'm like, man, like, ah, I just can't do it. I cannot put my hand through that window. And I'm trying. David's like, come on, pussy, you can do it. I'm like, I can't, dude. I can't. I just, nothing inside of me will let me reach in this door. He's like, fuck off. I'll do it. I'm like, all right. So I step aside and he reaches up and just sticks his hands in. And he gets about knuckle deep and all the hair on his arm stood up and he pulled his arm back out. And he was like, holy cow. I can't stick my hand in there either. And I was, he did better than me. And the kid behind us says, Hey, there's somebody watching us from the trees. And we turn around and there's two sets of red eyes down. So you come the cabin, you come down that hill into devil's playground. And where we were was down towards the end of the field. So it wasn't far across and you could see two sets of red eyes watching us. And we're like, dude, you said someone's watching us. You just said nothing about there's red eyes in the trees following us. And he was like, no, well, I mean, I just, I just, I'm sorry. And we're watching and we're like, dude, that's fucking weird. Cause they're just, they're locked onto us. And uh, David's like, well, they're not bothering us. Let's see if we can get in here again. And I was like, dude, I can't stick my hand in there. He's like, I'll, I'll do it. I'm like, I got your back. I'll be right here, buddy. And he, he starts reaching in. And as he does, it's two floors. I didn't mention that. And the steps are just over to our right. And we hear what sounds like all I've ever been able to describe it as is the, is it a gunny sack, the green military bag? And it's, it's shaped. It's uh, like a, a tube kind of yeah, like a, <laughs> buckles on them. Mm -hmm. It sounded like one of those being drug across the floor with from the sound of it, like maybe a body in it. It was heavy. It's like, you could hear a dragon. And I was like, David, maybe we should go. And he was like, yeah, we probably should. And while we're talking about it, he still, and he comes down the steps and you could hear it hit each step. And I'm like, fuck, dude, nope, ain't happening. We take off and we go around to the front. And as we leave, the sound stops and we're like, okay, we'll calm down. But the red eyes have now moved a little farther up as we've moved around the house and I'll, now we're like, okay, this is something. This wasn't four fireflies that were sitting on the branch 
and they were far enough our eyes were messing with us or whatever. Now these same four fireflies, right, have moved over to watch us on the other end of the cabin. Um, David walked up to that wooden door that they had blocked it all off. He's standing on a little porch. And he was like, dude, I swear I hear someone in here talking. And I was like, really? We come up and we're listening. And I'm like, huh, I hear that. I, I, I can't tell you what it is, it, but it sounds like a through the door. And all of a sudden, dude, I swear to God, that body bag came up off the floor and slammed against the door in front of us. The two boys, David and I, don't ever remember moving. But the two boys behind us said, we've never seen people move as fast as you two did. They said, when that thing hit the door, we both just came off our feet. We landed about 15 back, 15 feet back, and we were both ready to fight. Like, it was horrifying. I don't know what that was. We hit the ground, and we all took off up the hill. We calmed down a little bit. We're talking about it. And we were like, dude, is it our minds? Have we just placeboed ourselves into thinking something's going to happen? And uh, David's like, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like, I really feel like that just happened. Like, I, I swear to God, like something just hit the door. And I was like, yeah, like a body. It was heavy, dude. And uh, so we get ballsy and we're like, well, let's not go back to this cabin. Let's go just below it to the other little cabin. The doors are open there. You can get in this one, no problem. So we, as we head down and we pass this house, the big cabin there, there was something standing over in the bush, a big shadow figure. This, this was probably only like six or seven feet tall. It wasn't very big, but it was an ominous feeling. And as we walked down to the little cabin, this thing followed us down. We're walking around, we go into the cabin and we look out and we don't see it over there anymore. We're like, cool, all right. We come out the cabin again. And as we do, that shadow moves away from the back of the house that we were just in and it goes off into the bush. And that was it for us. We were done at that point. We we're like, nope, fuck it. We're done, we're going home. And yeah, I have no idea what happened, but that was, and that was intense, right? Because not only did we hear this sound, and we had something hit the door in front of us. We also saw, saw a shadow figure haunting us, if you will. And those red eyes, the red eyes were weird. Maybe, maybe by some weird chance, it was reflections off something that was, well, th that scariest part was knowing that something we heard happened at the first cabin and then a shadow figure followed us from behind that cabin in the trees and came down to the next cabin we were in. Was it coming in that cabin with us? Because that wouldn't have been good, I don't think. It was following us, you know, like that was that was the last time actually I went to Devil's Playground ever. Yeah, that would be mine too. Dude, that um the first thing that kind of came to my mind is like they summoned something to protect that place. You know what I mean? There was yeah. a shadow entity or demon, if you will, whatever it was, that thing was there to make sure kids didn't go in, you know, or people didn't yeah, go man. in. And, yeah. you know, it might not have been a real 
gave me shivers again. Yeah, it might not have been a body or anything, but but that I've was had, just that's all we could relate to, right? right. Like, but I've had sleep paralysis things happen where I'll hear a, a loud bang or like you know right before you fall asleep you're kind of in that state and you start to I don't know if you've ever had like an out of body experience or anything I think I have yeah there's like that split moment where right as you're about to fall asleep you kind of feel it feels like plane turbulence and you start to feel yourself shaking you're not moving yeah. but you I equate that to maybe your soul leaving your body or okay. whatever but I've had times where i've just laid down and you know exhausted after work whatever you lay down for a second you start to get that feeling and then boom you'll hear like a loud thing sounds like it hits the wall behind you and you jump up and it's like no one else in the house heard anything so it's almost like those whatever they are it's like that's your warning like nope you're not going here today or you're not right yeah so dude that's such a creepy story shaking it so when I was younger, I used to, when I go to sleep, I, I would say maybe I meditated, but there was a spot with my eyes closed. It, it It's kind of, it's gray almost, you know what I mean? And I would take myself past the gray and into a white light type. And then I would allow myself to drift into blackness. And when I would drift into the blackness, I would, I would start feeling that shaky but shortly after that, I would feel like I was floating. And that I always said it was like I, I put myself in the state of nirvana or something, you know, because I was just I was floating. But I would always get woke suddenly with a start, like a sound or someone had touched me or something. I would just jerk out of it like, oh, now I got to try to go to sleep. What are you talking about? <laughs> yep, that's that's happened to me so many times, man. And I. I equate that to like being tethered to your body, you know, getting to that out of body state. There's only so far you can go before you break free. You know what I mean? And it's, I I feel like, I don't know if it's your guardian angel or something that doesn't want you to do that, preventing you from doing it. But it's happened to me enough times where I know it's not just like I'm dreaming, you know? Yeah. Um, But I also tend to think like, for at least my experiences with sleep paralysis, when you come back in and it feels like you're uh you can't move and you're fighting something or something's on you. Yeah. I, I think your body, your soul has left your body at that point and there's something trying to get in. And that's when you come back into it, you have authority over your body. You know what right, I mean? Right. There's always something else there. And that's when you get that feeling that something's on your chest or you can't move or, Dude, yeah, I had sleep man. paralysis since I was 11 years old. From like 11 years old back in what, 2002, 2003, till about 2016. I had it multiple wow. times a week. So I've had a lot of time to kind of put pieces together and try to figure yeah. this shit out. But it's My all connected, daughter, man. Ayla used to talk about She doesn't talk about it really anymore. But when she was younger, she used to talk about she always had dreams where she was flying around. She could go anywhere she wanted. And I was like, oh, well, that's awesome. Lucky. I wish I had those. <laughs> um, they uh, Have you ever heard, I think they called it the peak experience. But it's kind of that, they, they talk about it in essence to where, where you start floating at night. And you get to the point 
you can't tell if you're the largest thing in the universe or if you're smaller than the tip of a pin. And that, that was always where I would get. And then I, 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 something would startle me awake, a sound or something touching me or yeah. And that's kind of wild that, and maybe that, maybe that's part of like you were saying with your theory, when you leave and something else comes in, right. Trying to get in there and you kind of have that where you got to take back over. Um, that kind of lost my train of thought again about, uh, Oh man, that, that, that start waking up with that startle, that sound or whatever, perhaps that is that other thing trying you feel it right like maybe that was it trying to trying to get in and you wake up all of a sudden because your body you're you haven't left right you're still in that middle ground so if something touches you you're already you're still connected to yourself that's a good theory yeah and it's it's weird man because my wife never had sleep paralysis she's had it a couple times since she's met me so i wonder if like you, whatever it is that it causes that can kind of rub off on someone else or whatever but it's weird she's had like two experiences where she was i was wide awake in bed on my phone whatever and she's going through a full sleep paralysis experience but she wasn't moving at all you know what i mean i had no no clue i had no clue there was something wrong like completely yeah yeah i thought she was just sound asleep and then she'll wake up and she's like slapping me like why didn't you help me and i'm like i I didn't even know (laughs) you know wow so no it, shit. it's it's a bizarre phenomena that I, I want to kind of dig more into as I go through this podcast and talk to more people that have had it, because Heck that's yeah. another thing like Bigfoot. It's like you just put these pieces together and you start to figure out what is actually going on here. And absolutely. I think there is a spiritual aspect to the sleep paralysis. I think there's spiritual aspect to every paranormal encounter, Bigfoot included. There's. There's something there, man. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with that. So another story with David real quick. And, I mean, if, if you need to, if we want to, we can kind of wind down with this one. I could keep going. <laughs> let's do but, a part um, two because we're okay. going on about two hours now. So, yeah, we'll, oh, let's yeah. hear this one, and then we'll uh, we'll do a part two for sure, man. So this one was me and David and Janiah. And we decided that we were going to get some acid this night. So some of the things I say, people could say, oh, you had acid. Yeah, I had two hits of shit acid. (laughs) Like, it felt like we had smoked three joints or something, and that was it. There was nothing happening. Um, We were really into watching The Grinch, The Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. We watched that twice, and we it was there that we realized – if you if you watch the screen, a lot of it turns. They've got a turning screen through most of it. And we were like, whoa, are we tripping? We watched it the next day and it was still doing it. It still does it today. Um, we about halfway through the second time, we went outside to smoke a cigarette. When we came back in, there were a couple Christmas ornaments laying on the floor off of the Christmas tree. And the hook had been taken off. The ornament laid down and the hook laid by it. There were two of them. And I was like, hey, did you guys run into the tree on your way out? And granted that the tree's about 10 foot away from the door. But, you know, we'd taken acid. So, hey, maybe you walked away over and didn't realize it or whatever. And uh, they're like, no, it just came straight out behind you. And I was like, I thought so. 
So I picked the ornaments up and I put them up on the, the coffee table. And after a little while, we said we're going to go down to my room because my weed was down there. We're going to go roll a joint and no one really wanted to be by themselves. So we're rolling this joint and we come back upstairs. There's three Christmas ornaments laying on the floor with the hooks taken off. And the two that were previous were still on the coffee table. And I'm like, okay, did one of you all take these off? And they were like, get downstairs right behind me. Did No, we didn't do this. And I'm like, okay, be honest. Please stop fucking with me. I'm getting kind of like worried here. What's going on? They're like, dude, we followed you downstairs. We followed you outside. I'm like, I know, I know you did. So we go back outside smoke our joint and come back in. There's two Christmas ornaments on the floor. I was like, okay, maybe we should go to town for a little while. We, this not a good time. So we take off driving and we realize, okay, we're not going to town. We got about 50 feet down the road and we pulled over because it hit us at that point that, ah, let's not drive right now. We're, it's not a good idea. So we hang out a while. It's not real cold. We're just sitting around shooting shit, looking at the stars. They're like, all right, I think I'm good. Let's go back to the house. So we drive back down to the house, get out, and we go in. All the Christmas ornaments are laying on the floor. We've all been gone. I was like, dude, this is fucked up. This is stupid right now. And David's like, man, I, I don't know. Like, I'm getting tired. I'm like, I'm tired too. And we all want to go to sleep, but we're all tripping out. And we have my bedroom's downstairs. And then there's two bedrooms on the floor where they were. So David had a room. She had a room. I had my room. None of us are sleeping very good. I'm laying downstairs in the basement in my room. And I hear a dude and a chick right outside my door talking can't tell you what they were talking about but it was distinguishably a dude and a chick talking talking and i'm like guys shut the fuck up I'm trying to sleep and it quit and i thought like i thought it was david and janaya and i was hearing them through the vents or something and it starts back up and i'm like what the fuck and i jump up and i run out and there's nobody by my door and i go upstairs and i'm like david and i open the door and like I said, David's a tough dude. Like, he ain't scared. He doesn't back down from anything. And he's laying, facing the wall, shaking with the blankets pulled around him. I was like, David. And he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, what, what's, what's going on? Are you and Janai having a conversation? He's like, no, dude. My door just opened and closed. And then a few seconds later, you came in. And I was like, oh, maybe Janai came to talk to you. or And I scared her. So we go to check on Janai. We're like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Why? What's going on? And I was like, oh, I heard people talking. I thought it was you and David. She's like, no. And uh, so we separate. David goes back to his room. As I head back downstairs, Janiya screams. We're like, what the fuck? I run back upstairs. David busts into her room, and all the blankets are laying across the room, and she's laying on the bed, shaking, like kind of like David was but she's more like aware. David was just like, I'm not looking. I'm staring at the wall. I'm not going to look. She was looking like something. She was looking at something and we bust in the room. We're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She was like, somebody was just in the room with me. We're like, no, we were out here. And she was like, I don't know. I, I thought I saw somebody. And I was like, okay, so maybe we shouldn't all sleep alone. Maybe we should all kind of get back together here. And we went back out in the living room and everything's cool. We're talking. Everything's good. We all calm down. We're like, okay, 
this is being crazy. And they go back to their rooms. I go back downstairs. As soon as I get down to the basement again, sound like somebody took a metal trash can with a metal baseball bat and hit it three times. Wham, wham, wham. Janiah screams again. David runs into her room. I run upstairs and the door, we couldn't get the door open right away. And we're like, okay, what the fuck? Like, it's not locked. We just can't fucking open the door. So we finally get the door open, bust in. She is on the bed with all the blankets wrapped around her and the back door standing open. We were like, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, the door just opened. Somebody came in the room again. We're like, no, no, there's no, there's no one here. You're, you're on the, the floor where no one can get to you. There's no one here. We shut the door. And we're like, fuck this. We all go downstairs to my room now. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're just going to go downstairs. There's no entries, no exits. We can, we, we feel good. As we're sitting down there, we hear that wham, wham, wham again. So David takes off upstairs. I take off upstairs. Cabinets are open. Dishwasher's open. And the refrigerator's standing open. All the doors are shut. We made sure they were locked. This was a horrifying experience. Again, and what made it worse for me was when my parents got that house, I stayed there three days by myself. Four days. The first day, nothing happened. I unloaded some boxes and did some stuff around the house. The second night, as I'm laying on the floor, I'm about to, and I'm in the living room. There's no, my bed's not here yet, no beds. And I'm laying in the living room in front of the fireplace by the coffee table. And I hear someone moving around upstairs. A guy had kind of dozed off. And I heard someone moving around. I open my eyes and I look up and I'm like, oh, dad got up. And then I think about it, I'm like, why is he wearing mom's house coat? Mom and dad aren't here. But there was a figure about six foot tall. And like it looked like it had a white nightgown on. Started walking down the steps, coming down to the living room where I was sleeping. And I covered myself up. I'm like, oh, my God. This is happening. I'm here by myself. And this is my second day in this house. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I peek back out. And it's down the steps in the living room facing the hallway away from me. And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I look back up again. And it's walking into the living room now. I was scared dude like that's one of those times you're like i really almost peed myself i really did i uh, there's something coming through the house and all i have to do is cover up my head you know like the boogeyman's under the bed and I'm, i was so scared and then later that year is when we had this experience with all this going on and then man, within like four months we had moved to a different house and not because of any hauntings or anything just because we moved. <laughs> yeah, that was. That is wild. And as you were telling the story. I'm in my basement right now. We're trying to oh. set up a studio here. And my dog <laughs> laid against the door. So it pushed the door. Mm. I don't know if, <laughs> if it'll come up. Look. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? <laughs> but man, that is. Wild. Sorry, Sorry about that. No, it's all good, dude. That's the point of the show. But uh, I I wonder if it'll come on the recording if it heard the door. But that that's too funny, man. That just scared the shit out of me. But uh, that's wild, man. I, I've heard so many encounters too with 
a woman in a white dress or like something, you know, and it's. Yeah. Well, that's where my mind went. That's why, because yeah. at first I'm like, oh, dad's up walking around. Why is he wearing mom's house coat? Wait a minute. They're not. They're there. not yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of, and like, we'll do a follow-up at some point, but I used to do a lot of driving as well. I drove a lot. Um, but like black dog, I've seen the black dog a couple times. Um, yeah, I, w- we need to talk again <laughs> for sure, man, dude, yeah. that's so wild. But the, yeah, the lady in the white, I always wonder, is there, and I was going to say this too, with the, um, previous encounter at the, the shed down there, yep. um, you, you mentioned like placebo and I've always wondered this because. I always feel like I, I always think I might be haunted because of the experiences I've had and whatnot. But I think we are capable of not just placebo, but like we put our energy into these places where we think they're haunted, right. and we actually manifest something coming through. You know, almost like yes, an egregore. You know, it's like I, I don't know. So it, right. it's just like, why do we do like? Do certain people have the ability, like maybe your friend David just has this connection with this and, you know, the, right. it, it it's really happening. It, you've manifested a real thing, but it's like how, cause I've been in experiences too, where I've heard something and the person I'm with doesn't see a thing. Really? So it's like, how do you explain that? You know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a similar thing there is. Like David and I and his ex Pam, we used to think it was great. We would take video cameras out. We'd try to catch orbs and do all this stuff. We went to, I believe it was the Garfield Cemetery in Colorado. No, no, the Victor Cemetery. And they're ghost towns. And in the cemetery, I, I guess it's just old enough that when you're walking through it, trees have grown up everywhere there's just little walking paths through the trees that you can go to the grave site and blah 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 it's a really cool graveyard um and we went up there one time to get see if we could catch orbs or anything and nothing happened we just walked around for hours took pictures got videos nothing i went up by myself one time with no not by myself without david with uh with one of my girlfriends and we were going to do it. We walked around. We got nothing. David and Pam went back up, and they caught some orbs. And I was like, well, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, it could be dust, maybe whatever it could be. They got videos of orbs that were, like, moving straight, and then they'd go up, you know, stuff like that. Like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So I went back up there with my girlfriend again. Nothing happened for us. David goes back up with Pam the second time, and he got a picture of, well, it was a video, but he took a, a like a still shot of the video, right? Of something that looks out from behind the gravestone at them. Yeah. And like, and like you're saying, maybe David has a connection, right? Because we've gone to the same places and not had experiences at separate times, but he goes and he'll get an experience. Yeah. That's uh, huh. I should talk to him. Say, hey, David. You might need to do some work, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Get right with the Lord or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Bubba, this was this was an awesome conversation, man. I hate uh, to cut it short. 
but uh we're definitely going to do a part two hell but, yeah uh, man hell yeah yeah i've had i've had a lot of fun the theories you've thrown out is my brain still and that's why i think why i keep getting tongue-tied because i'm still thinking about like Bigfoot theory, the you know, the 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 dimensional and going back to the red shed and how everything busted open at once and that energy that we felt and like I'm like huh this is it, a lot of things here may bring up new ideas about what's happened in my life and uh, yeah when we when we get back together I'll tell you about why burning Ouija boards might be a bad idea, dude. That's a perfect cliffhanger to leave this on let's let's make this happen sooner than later man but awesome uh, man we will we'll wrap it up here thank you so much for coming on oh it's uh, an honor thank you for having me rock and roll man this is great talk to you soon have a blessed night you too man.